Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a goat in the building. A goat, come on. A goat, David (laughs) Hyland. This guy, you know, to me is, is one of the greatest to ever do real estate in the country. When I think about, you know, who is up there as the best, I think John McGrath, I think you, I think, I think you guys have gotten to the Mount Rushmore of what, you know, this industry offers in the country. So, um, I'm just appreciative that you've taken the time to have a chat to us, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gab, mate. That's a that's a huge start. Uh, totally humbled. It's I the would truth, man. I would say that we're more like a base camp than than Mount Rushmore. But it's uh, thank you for the intro. Well, yeah. that that's what makes you great, and I'd love to understand that more because you've got now how many offices, Dave? We've got four offices. Yep, uh, a team of about 150. Base Bro- camp. He's a base camp. <laughs> Broken up of uh, sales and in sales, there's residential, commercial, project marketing, yep. lots of site acquisitions. So, we were in the development site space. And then we've got property management, financial services, insurance, home loans, construction finance, and a range of other sort of add-ons that um, you know we've built out over 15 years. Sounds like a fucking cool base camp to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's unbelievable. Thank you. Um, let's let's wind it back and then we're going to kind of get into where it's at today. How did you start? When did you start? What made you tick and what kind of got you into this game? So, I went to the Scots College just up the road from here and um, I was born and bred Cronulla, so I've never really lived anywhere else. I, I went through school at Scots, which was, a, which was a great opportunity. And so, I finished my year 12 certificate in 1997. Got you. Yep. And then I went straight into real estate. Like I, I took my first leasing role a month after I'd finished my HSC in Ramwick. So, so no, no university, born in Cronulla, travelled to Scots every day. Yeah, I, I wasn't what you'd call academic at school, and not not through you know lack of anything, but probably effort. I, I was probably more interested in just the practical side of things and getting into the workforce. So university was never really an option for me. Yep. I'm a third generation real estate agent. So my grandfather was in it. No my dad's been in it forever. Construction family. Dad sort of built 500 home units over a 10 year period. So right. it's kind of in the blood. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, it was a logical decision for me to get into real estate. It wasn't through lack of options. It was probably more that that's where I felt I was most suited. That was your path. Yeah. So granddad was a real estate agent where? Marrickville. Right. And then my father and his dad had Richardson and Ranch at Hurstville. Okay. Uh, LJ Hooker at San Susie. Okay. And then they got out of it. I got into it. And then- Same time? Was it crossover? No, dad, dad probably- I mean, dad was out of it for 20 years and then- Whoa. We started, so, I mean, kind of jumping ahead, I started in 97 in Ramwick, spent eight years in the eastern suburbs, went from a leasing role- This is pro- after school. Yeah, property management. I started in residential sales at 21, which was about 2001 in Ramwick. No way, for, for hookers? Yep. And then about 25, I moved back down to Cronulla just to sort of get stuck into the prestige market. Right. And I spent two years with a, a local operator down there. And then at 26 and a half or 27, we opened the doors of, of Highlands. 
It's a young age to open the doors of your own business. When you say we, who's we? So we had a team of six back then. Out yep. of the six, there's still three of us that are still working together, which is pretty cool. I can relate to that. Cool. So you're with, when you say team of six, that was your like internal sales team, right? We're all wearing the hats. So for example, Kylie West, who's uh, an integral part of our group. She's actually a group CFO. She opened the doors with us. Johnny Schwarzer, who I'm sure you know and, and, and people might be familiar with. You know, he's a long-term friend of mine. We went to school with each other, but we also started the business together. So, you know, looking back on 15 years ago, and we literally turned 15 on the 31st of July. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's been a rapid journey. Unbelievable. So, you opened the doors at 26, 27 years old. Did you think you were going to build what you have today then? And what was the plan? Like, what was the kind of, what was going through your mind or did you kind of fall into it? And what were the reasons for starting your own gig as opposed to just working with the norm or, or, mm. or a brand that everyone else would kind of fall working under? Well, I think, and, and you might resonate to some of these things. So, 2007, announcement of the GFC, GFC. Yeah. right? So, so literally we opened our doors. Two months later, they announced the GFC. That means you're set to build something great because you're cutting your teeth in tough times. Well, and then, then, and then the lessons you learn out of that were quite relevant in terms of the last few years with obviously all the markets relating to COVID. But I remember back then we- didn't have a lot. So, we started the business. My investment to start with was $50,000. That was the only $50,000 that I had, right? We all kicked in the same amount of money. So, six of you, 50 each? No, there was three of us, 50 each. Okay, right. And right. Um, we started the business $150,000. I haven't actually thought about that for a long time. It's crazy when you move at such a fast pace, how you forget to reflect and appreciate. Mm. I don't know if I find myself guilty of that constantly, but clearly you do too because you- you know, you're so focused on what you're building and you're caught up in this insanely, amazingly successful business. You almost forget about those times. And it wasn't Absolutely. that long ago, like 2007, like we're not no. talking 30, 40 years ago, right? No, you're, you're right. Looking back on that, there's lessons that, that come out of that. And there's a level of resilience that you build that I don't think is normal with everybody, you know, and they were hard times back then because we were the new kid on the block we looked young. So, at 26, I kind of looked I looked young. We you, were- You still look young now. Thank you, mate. Um, <laughs> I know what you're eating in your breakfast, man, but you do. <laughs> um, but looking back on it then, we had a lot to prove. You know, yeah. there were, in our market at the time, there were a lot of older established competitors that were quite tough on us back then. Sure. You know, and, and later- in some instances, there was actually some acquisitions of those same established operators. But the, the difference is we, um, we had a lot to prove. We, we didn't really have anything behind us. You know, I remember the first nine months we were living on credit cards and all kinds of things. Yep, and then been there. you just work your ass off, right? Yeah. And, and month by month, things turn around, you yep. know. And, and was that the plan? Like, did you have this plan of, you mentioned some of the older businesses, there had been acquisitions of them. So, to me, you're like a multifaceted, almost entrepreneur as opposed to a real estate agent because of how much you do. And you acquired some of those businesses. Now, you've acquired a really good space in the East, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But at that point, were you like, I want to take over this game. I want to be the guy in Cronulla and then I want to move in and around Sydney. Or you kind of just like, well, there's six of us, there's three of us, let's have a go and see what we get to. And if we fail. I think, it. yeah, <laughs> look, there, there was a bit of that. I think yeah. the vision back then was probably five year chunks. So right. I remember not, not back then, I didn't really have a vision for the double bay office, for example, but I wasn't close to it. But the vision back then was to dominate our space 
you know, and, and, and I was, it was a constant. I just wanted to be number one in our marketplace. Yeah. And if you think about my journey, I started leasing property management, you know, as across the kind of all the, all the back end. So, so all those understood. skills became valuable later, you know, but talking directly to sales and I'm not sort of boots on the ground at a residential level anymore, or at least not as I was. You still got a great sales business. Got a great sales. Yeah, yeah. But back then I was determined to, be, to become number one right. and, and, I, and in the end I was. Why? What drove you to want to do that? I've always just outworked our competitors. Yep. You know, like I'm obsessive yep. on detail. My work ethic now isn't any different to what it was 15 years ago. I work yeah. very differently. Sure. You know, I've got you three- You work out Well, hopefully, and you learn some stuff, but I've got three young kids and, you know, they, they come first. So, my approach to, you know, my week looks different to what it did 15 years ago, but my intensity hasn't changed. And, um, you know, I still- crave sleep and all of those things sure. and we still run hard and um and I think the thing that drives me now is like you just said it's probably more the business side of things and and the opportunity to innovate and do real estate differently to the norm yep and really take our business outside of the constraints yeah. of what people classify as a typical real estate officer agency and I think there's huge opportunity there so it's no wonder you've had success 150 people circle all up four offices you yep. said I also noticed because we did a tour of your office, you know, I just opened up as some people would know, maybe two and a half, three years ago now, you were the first guy I came to because I wanted to get a sense of how things work because I think success leaves clues and who else to have answers than, you know, someone like you who has kind of been through it. What made you start the development side of the business? Because that's an area you also absolutely thrive in, right? Because you were telling me when I came out to, to Cronulla, $100 million deals or what it was where your office is. You, you constructed that massive deal. Can you run through the details of that or is that confidential? Oh, no, no. There's no so you're talking about the side across the road. Yes. So, I mean, that's one example and that was uh, December 2020. Yep. I finalized an acquisition for $110 million in Cronulla and we're literally about to start project marketing the, the approved development and you know, that will be- a 350 or 400 million dollar deal for us from start to finish so that one deal sets us up for five years worth of work sure you know so it's it's an amazing uh amazing opportunity but outside of the numbers it's an interesting it's, it's an exciting space because sure. um you're dealing with in most cases you're dealing with uh, institutions commercial you know, the, people yeah and the and the, the the private funding space is is pretty dynamic yeah in, in this environment that side of the industry is kind of been exciting from a, from a family perspective because that was kind of what I grew up around. Yep. But also, I don't think at an independent level, there's too many agencies in Sydney or maybe even the country that are doing project marketing like we do. Yeah, 100%. And what, what are you doing that makes it special? One of the things that we focus on is just creating visibility for the client, right? Yep. So, making sure that the developers are comfortable with lead generation, inquiry, feedback, yep. reporting, all those sort of things. But it's a very specialized industry as well. So, you know, most real estate businesses and, and we were we were part of this as well as we were growing. So, yeah. you know, resi agent might be kind of swinging in, in and outside of project marketing, whereas we've just got a specialized division, you know, and we hire specialized project marketers um, for those opportunities as well. I notice you invest in your business. You know, you Constantly. really, you, you, you put money in. So when we talk about, you know, you've got specialists who are zoned in on, on that particular arm of the business, I see you've built a phenomenal space six-star finish, top to bottom, to be able to sell these developments in a way that your competitors obviously don't. And you've got designated salespeople there on the case. I notice constantly real estate agents are like, just don't want to spend the money 
to make the money. And it perplexes me because on a much, much smaller scale to you, from a young age, I've always taken it, thrown it back, taken it, thrown it back into the business and had this understanding of a certain amount of money needs to be spent on marketing, on your people, on your resources, on your profile. Why do you think real estate agents have a problem with that? Uh, Look, I think they're very transactional as well. I think there's a lot in that as far as uh, long-term vision around wealth creation. For example, I didn't buy any real estate for myself for probably the first four or five years yep. of our real estate journey, you You're know, right. because so, everything so, went back into the group. So low 30s, you started buying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then our um, investment strategy after that, when we've had the liquidity to do it, has been Bang. very different, sure. you know, but in the early days, everything went back into the group. And even now, you know, we, we invest in the right people. Because people come first. Yep. And then, you know, there's been obviously a number of rent roll acquisitions that have followed that. But I think at the core of it, I've always focused on getting the real estate business right. Because if we nail that, the rest of it will work perfectly. 100%. The concept around the rent roll being the lifeline and blood of a real estate business, how true is that? I don't think it was any truer than through COVID. You know, if, if you remember back, so, you know, just sort of digressing for a minute if you think about the first lockdown so march 2020 couldn't give property away for that first first month eight weeks the first month by virtue of momentum yep we're having a record month yep at the same time that we're talking about shutting our doors it was just mental yeah right what was what was going through your mind as a leader of the business of of that time definitely well north of 100 staff 120 at least yeah we're about 120 what was going through your mind that first month was the most terrifying period i've been through at a career level there's not much that could scare me more than that period now the first thing was probably our people Yep. You know, and the uncertainty. So, no one had ever been through a pandemic. You know, no, no, everybody was expecting this free fall in property values. The banks were very supportive, but, you know, they obviously, you know, they're asking a lot of questions. But I think at the core of it, it was probably, I think we're all very lucky that the real estate market, and specifically Sydney's very, it's, it's, there's a lot of depth, sure. you know, in our marketplaces. Sure. The the market was very resilient, you know, and it was a six or eight week period before we worked out, hey, listen, this isn't going to be a free fall and there's actually going to be some good opportunities that come out of this. Sure. You know, looking back on it, I think that there were some invaluable lessons through that period. But- um, What was the biggest lesson? Look- I don't want to go through COVID again, you know, yeah, at a real estate level. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all we all had a lot of fun through the last lockdown, but compared to the first lockdown- Yeah, the first one was scary. First one was terrifying. Yeah. The second one- Was the second, palatable. The second one, we did 350 transactions through lockdown <laughs> without any open for inspections. 2020, we did 1.2 billion in sales- 120 uh, staff at that point? Yeah, 2021, we did uh, 2.2 billion. An average sale price? Across the group, it was about 2 million. It's massive numbers. Mm, it's yeah. massive numbers. A bit, under, bit under 2 million. And yeah. now with the acquisition of, of Double Bay Highland, Double Bay mm. Maloof, it seems to be working like from, from where I see from a perception point of view. So I, I'll always pay attention to somebody if they, they make noise. So if you take Dave Maloof, for example, right? I mean, I've noticed since he's rebranded a shift in his practice You've had a bit to contribute to that, right? He's had the brand. I don't know if it's spending time with you, but there's something from a perception point of view that shifted with him. How deep has your involvement been with him and with that office in general? Uh, look, it, David. Uh, David's work ethic is second to none. I think what we've given them, hopefully, is a belief. You yep. know that 
we can do things differently. Sometimes that's what you need, right? Well, like my, I would say that my role with those agencies is a support network. You know, our, our brand is very much culture centric. So it's about getting the internal environment running better. Yep. You know, and, and they already had a brilliant business and there's no bigger name in prestige sales than, than that family. But I think culturally, we've been able to really add some value there. But I think our systems and technologies at an industry level are second to none. And what that's probably done as a byproduct is free up time for, for David and yep. others to focus on what they're good at. God, Bill has had a phenomenal career. I mean, he's just a legend. He's an absolute legend. You know, as a salesperson, as like you say, as a prestige salesperson, I remember when I was starting out, you know, certain people who were just absolutely dominating in every house, if it was on the water, if it had a tennis court, if it was mm. if it was a big boy, Bill's name was on yeah. it. You know, and he he just what 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 stories he must have. I'd love to get him on one day. What was the logic behind that for you? Just seeing that opportunity to make someone who is good great or make someone who is great even better? And how long did you want to enter into the East? Was that always an option? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. So I was toying with the Eastern suburbs for probably two years. COVID and lockdowns probably held up those plans to a certain degree. But one of the driving factors was project marketing. So there's no secret about the the fact that, you know, we've got a, a massive project marketing focus for the Eastern suburbs, but mainly because in our local market, we're managing about 2,000 apartments for sale off the plan, which is about Whoa. 50 projects between, say, Cronulla, Kellyville and the Gold Coast. You're doing a, a beautiful development in the Gold Coast. Yeah. That's probably been a career highlight for me as well. The relevance behind that was that a lot of the clients that we're already dealing with are eastern suburbs based. They wouldn't look at us in an eastern suburbs capacity unless we had some presence. And then along come the LJ Hooker Double Bay opportunity, which right. was about middle of last year. And I remember, you know, Anthony Bell from Bell Partners sort of brought that to us and, and it just, it was a good fit because of the personalities. Yep. The, the, the Maloofs and I was, we've already had a long-term relationship with yep. them. I've known David and Bill for some years and a massive amount of respect. It was about that fit yep. before it was about everything else. And, you know, once we kind of understood what the partnership could look like, once we kicked it off the 1st of December, it's just been a massive trajectory since then. And, in you know four short months, we're really putting some runs on the board, and and most importantly, we're having some fun. Oh, you can you, you can tell for sure. It's great to watch because I think the market in and around here needs a bit of a shake up. So I think when you have certain people who do it differently and they do it well as a byproduct, it makes everyone around them better. Well, you know, it's it's interesting as well. So you know, the the competition over here, and and, and you guys are, are certainly one of the big names, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting opportunity for us to really test our skills and our platform in a new marketplace for us. I'm new, but not new. You know, it's a, it's a full circle for me well, as far as the eastern suburbs goes. But, you know, you guys are doing an amazing job and um, highly innovative. And even what we're doing today, I think it speaks volumes about the quality of your business. But it's certainly a dynamic space for us to be in. And, you know, we're totally charged up to get involved. Yeah, 100%. Your interaction with the sales side of things, how has that evolved over over time? Because you still from, again, what I can see, have a phenomenally moving sales business, right? You're talking broadly around the sales agents just, themselves? It's just you generally residential sales. Sure. I've got a team of uh, four, including sort of an administrator. Mitch? So I've got Mitch, who's he, worked with me for a long time. I also from like, you know, I see he moves, he shakes, he does does deals. I've got Mitch and Laura as our key people. I think the big lesson for me over, over say, a 15-year period or 25-year period in real estate is the most successful teams that 
I've seen in our business or outside of our business are those that can hold on to really good staff, you know, and look after really good people. Love that. And there's no hierarchy. Yep. It's like, you know, you're in this sort of partnership with these people and you've all got to look after each other because if you go through these dramatic changes in the environment and this, our market is changing at the moment and sure. I don't by any means think that it's, it's going to be a crash, but you see the We're good- We're going t- nuts to normal. <laughs> the great Tom Panos. <laughs> yeah, we're going nuts to normal. It was actually a really good way to put it. I think the great teams thrive in yeah. change. Yep, you know, and yep, yep, yep. That all comes down to unity and, and how you guys sort of work together. So I'm blessed to have some good people around me. Mitch, for example, has worked with me for like 14 years. So you know, we don't really even need to sort of be checking in on each other every day. We yep. just, we everyone knows what their roles are. What other big key lessons have you learned in the last 15 years you know, in real estate that could help anyone listening that may be going through something the same that was or is at an infancy period of their their business? Like if you could think of one or two major lessons that have popped out in your mind, what would they be? Oh, look, there's a couple, but I think mainly, you know, you see these young agents kind of move around for arguably small- Grass is always yeah, greener. Yeah, it's like we, we have a junior agent that's working with us for say three years. They're yep. on the way up. And they'll move to another inferior office for another 5% on their fees, yeah. right? And then you literally never see them I again see in the market, that, you know? I mean, look, if there's one lesson that, you know, we kind of, uh, we constantly talk about at a group level is whether it's us or someone else, and I say this to your team, it's like just stay in the one spot for yep. a long time. Yeah. Right? Yep. Stay around the right people, but but mostly don't be short-sighted in terms of, you know, what's today look like? It's This is a long game that we're in. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years and- um, you're a veteran yourself, Gab, and and you would know that that things don't happen overnight. But it's not so much about what your business looks like today. It's probably more about the next ten years. I always say this is a long game thing that we're working with, and I wonder is is that just a problem with the industry or a problem with today's generation? I always talk about this concept of people who are kind of you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, always focusing on that end result rather than the process. With a great quote, the man who enjoys to walk will work further than the man who loves the destination. You know, and I think there are so many of these younger people just today in general who get so focused on like, look at that, you know, top performers business today. How do I get that overnight as opposed to really falling in love with what they need to do in order to create that? Because there's a road you've got to travel to get to that destination, mm-hmm. right? But I, I noticed that too. What else? Another big oh, lesson. Look, the, oh, just on that point as well, I think we used to recruit differently to what we do now. So the big lessons for me were diversity among the team. Yep. You know, so 10, 15 years ago, we used to recruit for a certain type of age group and agent. Right. right? And um and what we learned over a period was that you kind of need a bit of everything. You need a few of the grey hairs 100%. and they, they mightn't be riding yep. as much, but they add Brick something the different. Yep. Right. They yep. add stability and they add maturity and those types of things. And and they complement the younger generation because you made a very good point. If there's one pattern that we see in the young agents, it's um, they're impatient, they're impetuous. Get more patient, people. If you're listening to this, you're younger or older, develop patience. It's important, right? Well, look, without a doubt. And, you know, you see them make some really silly decisions at times that even at an industry level, you're there just to give information and they can make their own decisions. But um, but there's certainly something to be said in in the younger agents at the moment. And and hopefully, um, you know, you and I can pass on some of that wisdom. What do you think makes a great agent? Like if you were to write your, your list of 
three to five characteristics or behaviors you need to see in people who are not just average, but like the greats that you've brushed shoulders with and you kind of have done with everybody? What is the makeup of that, that agent? If I look at a conversation you and I had last week, so there's there's work ethic, there's a high focus on fitness, yep. nutrition, well being. Yep. Um, sleep's another one, and even though I struggle with that at times, you know, you've got Shit. obviously sleep's so important. But you know, if I look at a, a pattern in the top performers that we all rub shoulders with, I mean, they all have those traits. But there's an unstoppable type mindset with a lot of these operators as well. And when the market changes, they're normally the agents that really step up. So I haven't seen a top performer become complacent in any environment, including a hot one. I love that. That's so true. Well, you know, and you you look at the last probably two years, right? Now, industry's changed so much, but it's probably changed more in the last two years than it has in the last five, if you think about it. Yep. The good operators have got bigger and stronger. Yep. Everyone else has fallen by the wayside. Yep. Agree. There's something in that. I love that the, the top performers don't get placed in, in any market no matter what. And I think that's that's the truth. Always thinking about how can they improve, always thinking about how can they do better, never resting on laurels and always focusing on kind of, you know, the next sale, I guess, because you're only as good as your last sale, right? Well, and it's it's that, but it's also, and I think this is you and I, you and I worked together, I was kind of the vendor's advocate a year or two ago, yeah, a close friend of mine, present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he listed his, his property with you and- you know, he sort of needed some support through that period. And um, you and I kind of got to know each other through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I noticed about your process was that you had a, a very calm, measured, but, you know, customer focused approach, sure, right? Sure. To that campaign. Well, and- he made me, I went, I went in a hospital to get a, a skin cancer cut out. Like I went I under I the knife this. the morning of, and I had promised him I would be at every single open. <laughs> and that afternoon, he I'm, told like, me. Yeah. I'm like, Trent, do I have to go to the open? He's like, you promised me. His wife Beck was like, I'll let him off. It's and very he's difficult. Like, Trent was like, you got to do it. And I was like, you know what? Respect. This is going to get the best out of me as a person. I've still got a photo with my whole head bandaged up, you know, going to that open home. But um, I remember that- I said to you at the start, I said, I'm here to save you, Gav. Yeah, I remember. Right? But that uh, was a good process. It was fun. It was. And it was an impressive process because- you know, we were having conference calls every Monday, every Monday night. Yes. And, you know, I really got, I got to understand exactly what you do for your client. And I think your approach was, was in line with the best of the best that I've, I've been involved in, but also you're dealing with a very difficult client at the time. And, um, you know, I applaud you in the way that you handled it. I appreciate that. I'm sure, you know, like you with extensive experience, you deal with certain people, um, not necessarily with more or less money, but just personality types. And once you deal with, I guess, the toughest and the highest maintenance ones, it puts you in a position to have the confidence to almost deal with anybody. And that's how I feel anyway with some of the people I've, I've dealt with over the years. Don't know about you. But whenever I have a challenging client or go through what can be uh, a process that at, at some points throughout it, I feel could break me and come through and overcome it, I always, I always come out like, a better agent. I don't know. I, I love the challenge aspect of it and learning from those challenges, right? Because if it were just easy, if you were just winning all the time, if it were just smooth, what do you learn from that? Exactly. Yeah. And um, and making that client feel like they're the only one as well, you know, even, even though when you're busy. You got married at 35. Yep. How did your business change pre-marriage, post-marriage, if at all? And what was different about it? I think our business, that's a really good question. I think our business has matured with me. Yep. You know, if that makes sense. So, yep. you know, 
pre-35, what you probably call a workaholic. Yep. You know. Um, You're still a workaholic, by the way. Still a workaholic. <laughs> I work differently. Um, but I do go home. You know, back then I didn't go home. That was the difference. You've got an off button. There's no question. You know, as as you grow as a person through all these lessons that we're talking about, the, the business continues to get better. Yep. You know, and then you get to a point where, you know, you've got clarity and you actually feel, and this is probably the space I'm in right now. I feel like I've got a, a really, really strong team behind us. Yep. We've got a great brand. Yep. We've got um, a lot of really innovative projects that are working on the background that, to be honest, get me really, really excited about where the direction of our group is going. But none of that would happen without some maturity and and thinking about the lessons of the last two years. I think I, I probably would have handled them very differently 10 years ago. Yeah, right. So would you say having a family, kids and everything has driven you more Less or in a different way? Oh, definitely more. I mean, I've got three kids under seven, so I've got you I've got, the, I've got, you I've got a lot of reasons MVP. to get out of bed. Yeah, you right. know. Uh, but I'm very blessed to have a beautiful wife and a family to go home to. They are the reasons why I, I work as hard as I do. Yep. But they're not the only reason. You know, I'm driven that way. You know, I don't think I'll ever retire. I don't have this plan to go and retire at 50 or no, anything like no, that. And it gets to a point where you're actually, you, you, you know, you're growing and you, you're running this business a certain way for different reasons. And, yeah. and that's very much the, the headspace that I'm in. I love that. What is the key to managing burnout? Because I look at a guy who, you know, had his own business for 15 years. Like I say, you say you're at the basement. I say you're at Mount Rushmore. And so that's what makes you great. But you really are doing so much. You always have done so much, always at a high level, whether it's being number one, multifaceted real estate entrepreneur. What has been your mechanism with dealing with your energy? Because clearly, you know, based off of what you just said then, I don't think I'll ever retire. You freaking love what you do. I can feel it just whilst you're talking. But a lot of people that I, I pay attention to, and I really do pay attention to, to the good ones because I like to pick off little bits. A lot of them kind of get to like 50, 60, and they just want to sit back and they just want to kind of chill. What's been your strategy with that? I've only, so in the last 15 years, I could only say that I've, I've hit, I mean, everyone, everyone gets tired, Hell right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I remember going into the back end of last year, you oh. and I bumped each, into each other in December and we were kind of talking around, you know, the fact that no one had had any time off last yeah. year either. I mean, yeah. last year was a tricky year for everybody because sure. you had all these different issues that you're dealing with on top of the fact that nobody could get any time off. There was nowhere to go. We couldn't leave our LGAs within like 5K. Oh, okay. So, yeah. if there was any time that I've hit a burnout, it was probably last year. Same. You know, I, I say middle of last year, I kind of, I lost my mojo for Same. a few weeks. Right? I was this, I was end of last year, like, no, like November, December last year. First time ever. I mean, I think the difference is your uh, emotional management, you know, you would have been able to sort of just get through it, right? Whereas a lot of agents can't do that, yeah, you yep. know, then when they burn out, they turn their phone off, they go hit the couch. It's, you know, it's, it can sometimes be that or they start to second guess whether they actually want to be in real estate. I never second guess and I doubt that you do either. Never. But, you know, you do get high level of fatigue through periods like that. So, look, I think the, the, the key for me is probably just managing holidays and having things to look forward to. So, I've already booked out, you know, for the next 12 months, I know exactly what my breaks look like. You know, and they can deviate a little bit. Yeah. But I've got some really cool things to look forward to with my family and my wife and my friends, whatever that looks like. Outside of that is just just really just staying healthy. Yeah. You know, and what what yeah. are your daily daily kind of habits around that or weekly habits around that? What do they look uh, like? I I train or I do some type of exercise every morning. Yep. I I don't 
train like I used to 10 years ago. Yep. 10 years ago, it was psycho. Yeah. But I still maintain a level of fitness. Sitting in the kids in the car with the kids going to school is important to me. So if I have to sort of train around that, that's um, I'll do it uh, at least once or twice a week. I do yoga once a week as well. Yep. Um, just How's yoga is it good? Some some people swear by it. Mobility man. wise, I I have a bit of trouble like with the meditation side of things. Yep. But why do you have trouble with the meditation? Because so do I. But why do you have trouble with the meditation? I mean, look, the best thing about yoga is your phone's in your car for an hour, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that your your brain sort of necessarily switches off. And do you struggle to switch off? Absolutely. Yeah, Don't too. you? Yeah, I do majorly. I mean, I tried meditation. I had this instructor come to my house for like six months. I just couldn't do it. No. It was just because I was I just I was thinking about everything that I had to do. You know, but what's the difference in yoga? It's the same, right? Well, it's a, a for me it's it's a it's an hour on my own. Right. Without any kind of head noise. Yep. And and from a stretching point of view, it's it's it, you know what it's like one oh one body ma- body maintenance for me. You know, it's uh I can notice if I don't do it for two weeks, I, I can feel it, you know, and it's it's something I've been doing for I've done it every week outside of holidays for the last four years yep. and I genuinely feel pretty good over it. So yeah, right. those types of things are important for me every week and then obviously just some balance with the kids on the weekend. Not negotiable. Invest in yourself, well-being, you invest in your business and, and here we are. So to be clear, what you're saying is if you are so busy managing multifacets of a business, you set up your holidays for the next 12 months. That's not to say if you're a salesperson starting out, set up holidays for the next 12 months, right? When you started out in your first couple of years, did you have any holidays? Look, I think everyone needs a break, you know, looking at, I think the better way to answer that is that in our business, we've kind of got three levels of agents. So we've got junior agent, you know, middle agent, and then obviously senior, which is normally a contractor and middle tier and the the contractors kind of take care of themselves. The junior agents, we encourage them to be taking breaks. And that often, uh, we generally encourage them to take a sort of an extended break around the long weekends. So like Easter and October, for example, middle of the year, take at least a week off. If if they don't do that, Gen- oh, September, October, they're, they're, not, they're not having any fun. There's a higher level of attrition in the business. You know, they're harder to manage, all of those types of things. So Yeah, that's gold. I love that. A couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. The future of the Highland Corporation, what does it look like to you? Look, we've got four, four very dynamic, successful real estate businesses. Yep. I don't have a vision for, for 50 or 100 offices or anything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. but- our business has developed into a model where, you know, we can certainly clip on really great opportunities and, and they are not isolated to real estate offices. You know, our business is very much about focusing on the, the customer experience and, and very much, you know, from a, from a data perspective. So, if you look at our group, so we're generating about a thousand buyer, ins- uh, buyer inspections every Saturday. It's massive, yeah. You know, what else can you do with that data yeah. outside of just selling them a house? And that's- I think that's as big a focus for us right now. So, what what does it look like? There'll definitely be other offices, but I think it'll come back to the people and just attracting really good people and holding on to the people that we really love. Yeah, I love it. You've got such a, a, a measured response to that question. I wonder 10 years ago if it was any different or you always were just energy focused kind of five steps ahead rather than 20 steps ahead so you can be as effective in that five steps and then move to the to the 20? Or were you always relatively oh, just- Do you talk about impatience? Oh, I was impatient back then. Yeah, cool. I'm just know. ticking off in my own mind. Am I, am I hitting the same sort <laughs> of straps? A little bit more maturity these days. But uh, look, I think it is. It's a very measured sort of plan for us. And every decision that we make is well thought out 
you know, and, and discussed at a group level. You know, I've got a group of people at a management level that are very supportive, but they've also got their own opinion and, and, and they're the sort of people that I want in our group. 100%. This, this is going to be a tough one for you, I know, because it's like choosing between your kids. The biggest highlight of your career to date and why? Mm, just real estate wise. Just real estate wise. Uh, look, that's actually a really, that's a, that's a, that's tough. a tough one. Tough. We, we've had, we've had a lot of success at an awards level, yep. you know, over the last few years, we've taken out some of the key awards, REB and, and REI. I'm thinking back on those nights, they, they were very special. Yep. Also, um, opening up, you know, opening up the Double Bay office was definitely a career highlight for us. And chess move, man. That was such, I thought that was so clever. I still think it's so clever. It's amazing. Well, thank you. And it was just so relevant to patterns in buyer behavior that we saw through COVID. There's a lot more trading between different markets. So I'm noticing that too. Yeah. It's just a very intelligent move. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I would say that that's in recent times, that's definitely the highlight. Chess, not, not checkers, hey? <laughs> David Highland is a chess player for sure. Final question, man. The market, I mean, we touched on it. It's changing, it's shifting. What is your view on where it's going? There will be a certain amount of stability. Uh, hopefully, the RBA will have trouble putting up rates as many times as what's been reported. Yep. But if they do start to bump up the rates, traditionally, that will slow things down a little. So, look, I think we're, we've got the benefit of um, operating businesses in like I said before, re- very resilient marketplace. So yep. you, you wouldn't imagine that there's going to be any sort of major crash. Yeah. I mean, look, no one knows. I mean, people were picking the market to crash uh, last October and look what happened, right? The complete exactly opposite. Right. So hard to predict what the, what the future will hold. I always say kind of like try to build your business to the point of becoming, you know, irrespective of what's going on in the world, having, having a profile and skill set that's strong enough to see you through it because people always going to need to buy and sell. So you may see transactions turning down a little bit, but if you're in a strong position and you can offer value to, to clients when they need to buy and sell, hopefully you're on that list. And when you get that opportunity, make sure you don't screw it up. Well, that's yeah, absolutely spot on. And the, the good agents seem to do better in, in, a, in, in, a, well, in, in a changing market. You know, it's, it's all about safety and performance. And normally the, the, the great brands like yours and ours, I mean, you, you're a standout in a harder market. And sometimes there's better opportunities that come from that. 100%. Dave, really appreciate your time, man. It's thank just, you, uh, we're all witnesses to it. So thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you at the top one day. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.